0: For RCR-TV, I'm Sean Kinney, and welcome to HetNet Happenings, where we talk about all things DAS, small cell, Wi-Fi, and much more. welcome back to HetNet happenings folks we've got a great show for you today getting back to our roots and we're going to be talking towers with my colleague jared matula who uh what was it two weeks ago was down in new orleans for the uh, nate unite shows the That's national right. association of tower erectors so uh we've got a lot of great coverage and a lot of great yep. videos out of that that are up on the rcr youtube channel i'd encourage you to to check out but uh yep. Let's talk a little bit about the show, Jared. I've I've been to uh, some Nate events in the past, and and safety is always top of the line. So, uh, what was some of the discussion around uh, around safety at the show, and what is uh, what's Nate doing in 2016 to kind of promote safety in the tower industry?
1: Okay, yeah, no, I mean, as always, safety is a huge, very important thing for Nate, and there's a couple of different things that they're doing this year uh, to continue that emphasis. First, there is uh, their part in the creation of the NWSA or the National Wireless Safety Alliance. There you go. That's right, yeah,
0: NWSA.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and basically they just want to create a universal standard uh, for training for tower climbers so that uh, tower climbers can get a card that they can carry with them. And so you know no matter where they go across the country that they have a baseline of training so you know where they're at. So they're not doing the training, but they're doing the certification that you meet. A certain level of skill. Okay. So that's a great thing they're doing. They're also doing a US tour. They're doing uh, like these uh, fall prevention uh, classes all over the United States uh, this year. So if you go to their website, which I believe is NateHome.com, and you can check out all the different places across the country they're going this year, and they're going to be hosting these. Uh, and then also, the other thing they're doing is they're doing a social media campaign through videos. It's called hashtag climber connection. Okay. And so these, you know, I wrote about this last week. They're really great videos because not only do they have important safety tips as far as like what is a hundred percent tie off and how to achieve that, but you know, it also has a visual, so it's not just you know you're not just reading what it looks like. You have the images with it. Like this is what it looks like. Here's a guy climbing, you know, a hundred feet in the air, and all the proper ways to make sure that you're a hundred percent tied off. So like, they have striking images in them. You know, they're really. You know, I think that they probably must have used drones (laughs) to get these great videos. Yeah, I
0: saw some of those. They did have really good uh, production value. Yeah. And what's the hashtag again? Climber Connect? Climber Connection. Climber Connection. So take a look at those. Yeah, you can
1: find those uh, either on my Cell Tower app from last week, or you can find those on Nate's YouTube channel.
0: And, you know, another thing I wanted to sort of get your take on is how the tower climber workforce and technician workforce is tracking along with the way the industry's infrastructure needs are changing. Mm -hmm. And so I guess to frame that a little bit more by a lot of accounts, outdoor macro LTE builds are kind of, kind of over. So right now the emphasis seems to be on bringing LTE inside through more specialized kind of deployments like DAS, like small cell, so how does that impact the right. tower climber industry? What do these guys need to do to stay working?
1: Okay, yeah, no, I mean, that's uh, something that was an emphasis in the show is that what you're really starting to see with tower climbers now is this uh, diversification of their skill set, that it's not just that I'm a guy that works on macro towers and that's all I do. No, that they're learning how to deploy a small cell and DAS and, you know, just have that in their repertoire. And, you know, when I talk to everybody at the show, You know, it's not like they're begrudgingly doing it and that they love towers and that's all they want to do. No, that like they're excited to get their hands on all the latest technology and figure out how to do it and be a part of that world. So that, you know, when there's downtime between, you know, the the big site build outs, you know, they have something to do that's, you know, fun and it's good work. Mm -hmm.
0: So. All right. And and another thing when we talk about the larger industry infrastructure needs ton of hype right now on 5g um all the major carriers and vendors are working hard on on equipment and trials and a run-up to uh, commercialization around like 2020 but it's important to note that all of that's happening pre-standardization so nobody at this point could define for you this is how a 5g mobile network is architected this is how it is set up this is the equipment that it involves but Mm -hmm. That being said, I think we can kinda all agree that it's going to need a lot more antennas. They might be at the at the base station at the macro level. They might be on rooftops in buildings, but densification, use of high band spectrum, these are all going to be parts of 5G. So is that something that that the tower guys are aware of and getting ready for right now, or is that still kinda too far away to pin any kind of workforce trend to?
1: Well, you know, it's definitely on their minds. You know, they're keeping up with the trends and just like watching what's going on. Like there was a panel on 5G at the NATE conference and I recommend everyone go watch it. It's got some really great technical information, you know, while they admit that we don't know what it's going to be yet, they lay out some really good data on what that could look like as far as, you know, the bandwidth and, you know, what kind of spectrum it would need and all those sorts of things. So it's really detailed information, but at the same time, they also, you know, threw some cold water on us and said, okay, you know, just keep in mind that a lot of this is just the vendors hyping this because they feel like they're in a lull between product cycles, between 4G and 5G. So they're trying to hype it up to get you interested in new products. And they're like, besides, we still have a couple of very important things that we need to take care of first. You know, there's the 600 megahertz uh, auction coming up. And so that build out's going to take a lot of crew. So they're focused on that. They're talking about FirstNet. And, you know, what kind of impact that's going to have on the workforce. So, you know, and like I said, and in between all of that, working on all the small cell and DAS deployments, like indoors. Uh, so they're, their plate is full. And, and, you know, and that's the thing, though, is they, they say that, you know, that we don't know what it's going to look like, but we're pretty sure that, you know, towers aren't going anywhere. You know, and that's something that uh, – uh, the head of Nate, uh, 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 Todd
0: Schleckoway.
1: Todd Schleckoway, you know, we talked about that. And he said, look, you know, we get smaller and smaller, but remember, we have this huge tower infrastructure all across this country, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we don't know how it's going to be situated on the tower, but towers in some way will play a part in this, so they're not going anywhere anytime soon.
0: All right, well, yeah, you know, and I think I I have that that clip, so now's a good time if we we could hear from uh, Todd Schleckoway on that topic.
2: I would describe... Right now is kind of a steady time for the industry's workforce. Um, it's not a robust boom cycle, and it, it's not a, a you know a dip either. Um, however, there's one issue that bears watching uh, from a workforce perspective, and that's the upcoming 600 megahertz incentive auction. Uh, when that concludes, there's a lot of work that needs to be done on broadcast structures to repack antennas, uh, retrofit the structures, and, and then more work on the cell tower side. So Nate's watching that closely from a safety perspective um, to make sure that the, the workforce who migrates over to work on the broadcast structures are equipped to do so safely. And um, so that could create a situation where there's a shortage of work workers. And so it's, it's, it's a hot topic at Nate Unite 2016, and it's something that we've continued to have dialogue with the FCC on. Who's uh, you know overseeing the, the incentive auction? Uh, it's a good thing for the industry because you're creating this demand both on the broadcast side, which has been a little slow you know the last six seven years, and the wireless side as well. So uh, it, it's a great thing for the industry. We just want to make sure at NATE that 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 work is done safely by workers who are qualified and capable to do it not only safely, but also quality. Those, there's a direct correlation, we say this all the time at Nate. there's a correlation between safety and quality. You know, usually if you pay for a, a contractor company who's got a good track record of training their employees, has a culture of safety, you're also gonna get a better network at the end of the day. And so we talk a lot about that at Nate, and uh, we believe in that strongly. Most certainly, uh, Nate is watching closely the evolving nature of the industry, <laughs> the migration to 5G technologies. Um, but I, I do feel it's important to state that you know, macro towers continue to be a, a primary source of <laughs> communications and will, will always be. And, and Nate's bread and butter is always going to be on the, the, the macro tower scale. Um, it, it, you know, the placement of the equipment around the towers may change. We don't even all know what that looks like at this point, but um, macro towers are here to stay, and uh, it, it's just keeping up with the evolving nature of the industry is, is, is fun to track, but challenging at times as well.
0: And Jared, you also mentioned a, a panel discussion that was around 5G. I, I put a few clips together uh, from that that we can uh, play real quick, uh, and bear in mind the full things up on the YouTube channel if you wanna watch all of it, but let's take a look at those clips. We're
3: going to talk about 5G. What tech is 5G? What does that mean to all of us? Uh, so <coughs> Sharp and I have been in the business a uh, number of years. Uh, and me on the, um, the, the infrastructure side, I work with manufacturers, I work with service providers, I've consulted to a lot of these companies and helping them develop uh, their go-to-market strategies and understanding the marketplace and, and what their customers uh, Want, how to respond to those needs uh, Sharp, as uh, Todd alluded to, is a uh, known uh, editor and, and uh, writes uh, on this business uh, daily and uh, has some insights that uh, he can bring to this discussion. So our format today is going to be a conversation, essentially, between Sharp and I. We're going to ask, uh, give you an opportunity to ask some questions. you go through the, the, the discussion and at the end. So if you have something on your mind and a comment you'd like to make or a question you'd like to ask, uh, just uh, raise your hand and uh, somebody will come over to the mic and uh, we'll go from there. So, what is 5G? We want to try to have a discussion and keep it in fairly simple terms. Uh, every time you hear about next generation wireless technology, you get lost in the speeds and beads and the the acronyms that the, the manufacturers and the service providers to work. But we, we want to try to address it in a, in a, in a fairly fundamental way and, uh, and explain what the implications are for the industry and for members of NAIT, the people who are in the, uh, the, the tower business uh, uh, with the long-term uh, ramifications are introducing a new technology like this. some of the ins and outs of, of what it means, uh, how we get there, where we're going with it, and uh, quite honestly, this, this type of discussion, we want to keep it uh, uh, the straight goods. You know, we have a, a no bullshit policy, and uh, so we're gonna try and keep it uh, fairly fundamental. We're not gonna uh, take it into areas where uh, uh, it may be uh, confusing or misleading. Uh, and uh, Like I said, if we want to we want to take your input.
1: Um, you know, we were talking earlier. I was just—I was curious as to, as a, as a consultant, John, uh, uh, where do you see business uh, for, for yourself? Do you see five uh, G representing uh, a business path for, for marketing consulting with your firm?
0: Well, anytime there's a new
3: technology or some kind of. Disruption, or dislocation in the uh, in the business—it's an opportunity for for uh, individuals like myself who do uh, advisory and consulting to the, to the business. You know, what basically we try to do is work with the the, the developers of the technology, the manufacturers of the technology, and the service providers who are using the technology to deliver services to uh, to customers like yourselves. Uh, you know, we as users, we. Ultimately, we really don't care what number is on the technology, whether it's 4G or 5G. We hear these terms, they're touted in the industry, and we understand, you know, it means the latest and greatest, but, you know, what are we really concerned about? Well, we want to know, can I get access to a a wireless connection anywhere I am? Uh, Can I use the apps that I have? Can I get the data speeds I'm looking for? Can I get the bars I'm looking for? So ultimately, we as users want to be able to take advantage of the technology Regardless of what it's labeled, um, so my goal in many ways, working with the uh, purveyors of the technology, is to help them message, you know, get a good message to the marketplace, and not so much to what it does, but ultimately what the benefits are to the people that are using that technology. And what are those
1: benefits? Why? Why do we need I T? Um, there were some people yesterday at uh, the technology session that. Uh, said that they thought 5G uh, was basically a uh, standard being driven by the vendors because they already built enough LTE, unfortunately, uh, uh, and, well, they didn't have anything else that to, to do.
3: Let me at this point take an informal and scientific survey. Uh, how many of you have more than one wireless device? Right? Uh, How many of you, uh, especially those with kids in high school or college, are blowing through your data plans every (laughs) month? This audience is trending. This is why we need the next generation technology. We're using the capability of the networks as it's designed today.
0: All right. And, you know, I couldn't get down to New Orleans for Nate because I was at the Mobile World Congress show. Um, It certainly not the primary thrust by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but a lot of talk around drones and how drones can be used to gain efficiencies and reduce man hours. Associated with technical tower type work. Uh, What what was the the attitude at Nate towards drones? A lot of
1: interest. You know, people just in general are really excited by the technology and everything, but also people are curious what role it's going to play in the tower industry. So they actually booked too small of a room for the uh, panel. So it was just packed to the rafters with people all crowding in just to see what everybody was going to say about drones. And so they, they had some very interesting perspectives. And basically the takeaway is that, you know, that look at all this amazing footage. Yes, it makes for nice videos and everything. But, you know, this is going to create a workforce with more purpose because, you know, as they may not like the idea of less climbs because that seems like less money in their pocket. Like every climb is going to be with purpose because now you have this, you know, this high definition imagery that people can get that can go all around the tower. So before they even do their first climb, they can get a look at the equipment and they know what's up there. And if there's a problem where that problem is so that the first time they go up there, they already have the tools they need to take care of the issues. So every time they climb up, you know, that it will be with purpose.
0: Yeah. One of the, uh, and I think this is important to note is the, I I would expect Nate would have a bit of a split attitude on drones because is there an obvious beneficial use course? Mm -hmm. Is there a very immediate and clear impact on your workforce that pays dues to Nate? Yes, there sure is. And uh, right. one, of, one of the use cases that I think is so interesting is when we talk about like uh, in-building walk testing. So this is something where you'd have a team of guys with a, a bunch of different uh, cell phones reading different carrier signals as they move through a, a stadium, for instance. Mm-hmm. So you got all these guys having to physically walk around this huge space, or you can put the same equipment on a drone program and waypoints and done done deal. No, no man hour, no liability, no workers comp. So yeah, uh, the drones, uh, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of adoption of drones in the tower space, but I think it's going to be sort of a tricky balance there in the early days.
1: Yeah, no, I think so. And and I think you're probably going to have to see the people that stay in the tower industry because yes, I think that it will eliminate some jobs, but I think it's going to push the climbers that do stay in it to get more technical, you know, yeah. just so that you know, you're not just the guy who climbs up and you know just looks at it and says this is broken. That you have the technical skill set that sets you apart from something that can just look at something, you know what I mean? And and you know, and we're still a ways out from standard implementation too. Like they've just now created a board of oversight for its implementation because there's a lot of work that has to be done with the FAA just to make sure that they're meeting guidelines and everything and that they're not encroaching on any sort of uh, restricted air spaces and everything because like this one, the most breathtaking video that they showed during this, the guy, you know, got a complaint from the FAA and you know, they were mad at him and they're like, please don't do this. And, but then he said, they asked him like, but it was really cool. Right. They're like, (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was amazing. But uh, no, but uh, you know, Officially, no, don't do that because, like you said, like it's a little dangerous, and they're still trying to work out you know the exact regulation of how this is going to go
0: all right, you know and uh the show's not just telecom folks I-, I followed your trip to New orleans <laughs> on on social media, and I you know I wanted to ask uh central grocery is it is it a good muffaletta or is it the best muffaletta?
1: oh it's it's the best you know I feel like I've had them in various places uh throughout the country and in New Orleans, because you know it originated there in New Orleans. So a lot of people have them on their menus. But now that I've visited the
0: original creator of it, I understand yeah. the
1: hype. It's so good.
0: Yeah, that's a cool place. It's uh, yeah, like we said, it's where they invented the muffaletta So uh, down in Decatur, what all's on there? Salami, capricol, a few Italian meats. Then you got a uh, olive salad. You got provolone. So yep. uh, I guess the origination of the sandwiches, they used to have a bunch of guys sitting out in front of the, the shop, eating all the constituent parts while they're playing checkers, trying to balance all this crap on a plate. So they got <laughs> the bright idea to put it between bread. There you go. Play checkers. Where else did you go?
1: You got to go to Cafe du Monde. You, yeah. you, every Church to New Orleans would have to go there because uh, the beignets are amazing. Yeah. Beignets. <laughs> Cafe you know, La. Cafe La, yeah. With I a mean, little chicory. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, I feel like somehow they, there's just some added magic there because, you know, they sell all the stuff and like they hype you up and you're like, yeah, I'm going to buy some cafe tomorrow I'm going to make that at home. And every time <laughs> I make that coffee at home, like it tastes like garbage. Yep. I don't know what they <laughs> do there,
0: but they make it great. to Keep you coming back. And yeah, I mean, to circle back to sandwiches because I, I have a, a lot of <laughs> strong opinions about sandwiches. I know you didn't get to check this place out, but maybe my favorite in new Orleans is uh a sandwich shop called uh, Verda Marte. It's a, like a window open 24 hours a day. They have this sandwich called the all that jazz and it's Turkey. It's ham. It's fried shrimp and it's fixings. And it's amazing. We're looking for sponsorships too on head, Net happenings. If uh, <laughs> there you go, you really want to waste your money. Fair Marte. <laughs> anyway, Jared, I appreciate you giving us a look at, at Nate. And uh, like we said earlier, i lot of videos on the uh, Nate Unite playlist up on the RCR Wireless News YouTube channel. So take a look at those. And Jared, thanks for your time.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. HetNet Happenings is a production of RCR TV. To reach Sean Kinney or to suggest a show topic for HetNet Happenings, you can reach Sean at skinney at rcrwireless.com. On Twitter, Kinney SeanKinneyRCR. To find out more about the latest in HetNet and all things wireless, dig into rcrwireless.com.